I can look at her and it truly feels like she's an extension of me that's just like separate and external, which is the wildest thing and probably the best thing too. Like it's a bond, like they say, like nobody else can describe. You just don't know it till you're in it. Hey y'all, thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur podcast, the podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our Confident Tribe. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello, pretty lady. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You want to start by introducing yourself a little bit about you and your family? Yeah. So I'm Cheyenne Brown. Um, we are from Sheridan. And so my I've been married for three years now. Actually, our anniversary is on Thursday, if you're going by the date that we eloped and not our wedding date. But how many anniversaries? <laughs> But so we've been almost three years and we just had a little baby girl a month ago now. So time is already flying. Um, But yeah, we have a cute little dog too. So he's obviously a part of our family and my husband and I just, yeah, we kind of do our thing here. He's a carpenter. I formerly managed a small business and now I get to be a stay at home mom. So I'm kind of navigating all of that. And yeah, we just really love life in Wyoming and mountains and Titus is a drummer too. So he's super into like live music and everything. So I try to be as supportive of that as I can by going to gigs and it's a really fun scene. I love that. Yeah. I do always see your videos of Titus drumming and doing his thing. And then it's fun. I don't really understand anything about it (laughs) because I'm not musically inclined. Like I can sing, but I don't even know how I just happened to do it. (laughs) Um, So it's definitely fun to see him like in that atmosphere and stuff too. That is so cool. Yeah. And we went to school together. So that is how I know her. We both went to school and now she gets to be a stay at home mom to a beautiful baby girl. And she is so cute. Thank you. We're obsessed. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) So we were just talking the other day on Instagram about um, all of the things that they don't tell you before you become a mom <laughs> and there's Everything. lots. Yeah. You, you don't know much when you go into it and then they just throw a baby in your arms and they're like, here you go. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I felt like I had done a decent amount of research, at least on the labor and delivery process. Like I felt fairly comfortable going into that and kind of knew what to expect, But as far as like afterwards, it's so much that you can't practice because you're just waiting for a baby until you have it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they are literally like, here's your baby, feed it, take care of it. And you're like, how, how much? And they're like, I don't know. You'll know. (laughs) Like, but I don't know. (laughs) And I mean, it's kind of true. Like there's some of that mother's intuition, but some of it, like, you're just like, it would be nice if I had like some sort of direction here. Yes. We kept asking for like, is there a chart for like how much she's supposed to eat? And they're like, no, there's no chart. And I'm like, how is there not a chart? But I mean, every baby is very different. So that's probably why, but I was just kind of like, well, how, how much, you know, like somebody asked me the other day if she's eating up to 10 ounces yet. And I was like, no, she's a month old. Like she's nowhere near 10 ounces. 
<laughs> but you don't know. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know. Well, and that's the thing is you don't know what you don't know. And nobody also talks about it, which makes mm-hmm. it hard to know too. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of it. And I mean, there are some resources when it comes to like what to expect during pregnancy and like during labor and delivery a little bit, but I do feel like there's still a lot of missed knowledge there. So do you mm-hmm. want to kind of walk us through, um, you know, were you guys trying to have a baby when you found out that you were pregnant? What was that experience like? And what was your pregnancy like? Yeah. So we were trying, we tried for about eight months, I want to say before I found out that I was pregnant. Um, and that whole like fertility journey, I guess was such an eye opener to me too, because I mean, we were super blessed to not have struggled with infertility, but we went into it probably about a year and a half to two years ahead of actually getting pregnant. I knew that I wanted to start trying to get pregnant, but I'm a type one diabetic and my blood sugars just were not in a range that were good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I knew that I needed to start working on myself because if anything was to go wrong in the process, I wanted it to be just because that was something that was happening, not something that I could have controlled. Um, so I, I feel like I started trying a lot longer before we started trying, Mm -hmm. but, um, overall, like, yes, we were trying everything happened just as it was, but there was always that doubt in my head of like, oh, you're diabetic, you're infertile or something like you need to start fertility treatments. Now it's been six months. And in reality, everything was fine. Um, but really that journey of trying to get pregnant is so mentally draining. If it's been a month, I mean, it it doesn't matter if you get one negative test and you wanted it to be positive that like mentally drains you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just something I never realized until I was in that season. So it definitely gave me such a heart for like everybody who is trying to conceive, um, whether it's a long time or not, because it's it's difficult. It's hard. So. Well, and honestly, I feel like most women don't even understand their cycles before they get to that part. And then they're like, oh, wait, I actually have like four different cycles. I can't just get pregnant. Like whenever I feel like it, it's not just going to happen in the first month. And then the stress of like actually trying and, you know, getting those negative tests makes it harder to conceive too. (laughs) Yes. It's a totally different mentality. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, um, so we were doing natural family planning, which I absolutely loved just because I felt really in tune with my body, but yeah, a lot of people don't know about that in the first place. And I feel like there's so much, I don't know, like everybody knows about the quote unquote accident babies or whatever. And they're like, Oh, like one time I could get pregnant and sure that happens. But that is just such the minority, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like odds are really against you to just have one time, whether you're trying or not and have it work after one time. So it's just a bizarre thing, but yeah, it has to be amazing. All the right circumstances work. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's an incredible process. Um, but as far as pregnancy goes, my pregnancy was (laughs) very difficult, but fine at the same time. I don't know. Um, I didn't have any major complications. Um, obviously they kept a really close eye on me just because I was diabetic and that could lead to more complications. So we had to do a lot more tests and ultrasounds and everything. Um, but like none of that happened. I did have HG. I don't even know how you say this. Hyperemesis gravidarium. Yes. There you go. Yes. (laughs) So around seven weeks I started getting sick. 
and I would be sick sometimes, like not every day, but sometimes up to 20 or 30 times a day throwing up and just constant and balancing that with diabetes because you would eat something because you need to for your blood sugar and then immediately throw up and then have to eat again. And so you don't even get like a rest. It was brutal. Um, and everybody was like, oh, it'll go away after 16 weeks. It didn't for me, but we survived. Yeah. Um, most people don't understand hyperemesis because I had it when I was you did? with my son too. Yeah. Oh but- man, it's brutal. I mean, obviously I didn't have the exact same situation because I don't have diabetes but and still, I can't it even doesn't imagine. Matter. It's yeah. I can't even imagine trying to balance those two things because yeah for me it was like you know 30 to 50 times a day for the first four months of my pregnancy and I actually ended up in the hospital for um almost a month and oh had to have surgery while I was pregnant and it was like a whole thing but That's I terrifying. always yeah, but I always hated the, you know, just eat some crackers and drink some ginger ale and it'll go away. Yes, and people mean so well, but I'm just like, if you knew the prescriptions that I was on that don't work, like you wouldn't suggest ginger ale to me right now. <laughs> right. I was on like four different types of nausea medication and still yes. throwing up at least a few times a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, I feel your pain. Yeah, I mean- it's a pretty rare condition. So I get it that like most people don't understand it, but it's very, very difficult on mm-hmm. mama, on baby, on everything. So, mm-hmm. and mentally it's very difficult too. Yeah. And so much of it happens before you like feel pregnant, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, especially if you haven't like announced yet and you're just this sick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, mine forced me to announce before okay. I was ready because I was yeah. like in the hospital dying. I was like, yes. I should probably let people know what's going on. Oh no, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, gosh, I feel you on that one. <laughs> so bad. So, um, as you were going through your pregnancy, you said because of your diabetes, they were monitoring you guys more heavily. Like, were there any other complications outside of the HG or anything like that that you had to deal with before delivery? Um, I didn't. So because, well, really just because I was diabetic, there's a couple different reasons, honestly, but, um, so we live in Wyoming, obviously we're pretty close to the South Dakota border where we are, but we decided to work with the medical team out of South Dakota, just because my diabetes doctor is in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And so it was the same hospital system. Um, so that being said, we just naturally chose as added challenge of going three hours to doctor's appointments and then three hours home. Um, and so I had extra appointments at first. It was like on a normal schedule and everything. Um, and then probably it was like the last two months. I think we started going every two weeks. And then the last month and a half was twice a week. Mm-hmm. So it was like six or seven hours worth of driving every time we would do that. Um, and then we also had to do like an extra echocardiogram, so like an ultrasound of the baby's heart um, with specialists out of Sioux Falls. And of course, my baby never wanted to be in position. And <laughs> so we went and we had three attempts before we actually got it. So that was some extra trips and tests and stuff too. Um, so that was kind of a challenge that we willingly chose to add to the pregnancy. Um, but we did have a really good experience with it and everything. And thankfully there were no further complications. So with those twice a week visits, we just had to do non-stress tests on the baby a lot. 
Um, and I've talked to some people who say that they've had those with a regular pregnancy and other people who are like, I have no idea what that even is. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's standard or not. I think it totally depends on the doctor and your pregnancy situation, whether or not they do that. If you're like completely healthy, never had anything your entire pregnancy, probably not. Yeah. But um, I feel like for any of us who had more complicated pregnancies, you're used to it. Yes. Yes. I do feel like the travel thing is a issue just in general in like, especially rural areas like Wyoming, though. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, if we're in the middle of nowhere, we either like travel to even get to an OBGYN or travel to get specialists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was pregnant with my son, um, I lived in Riverton and the closest OBGYN was in Lander. So oh, it was okay. like, even for us, we had to drive 45 minutes and that wasn't even a choice. <laughs> like, we yeah. Just to. <laughs> well, and like, I don't know what time of year it was for you, but dealing with Wyoming winters, I mean, pregnancy is nine months. So you're going to have snow for at least most of that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we had a few times too. We were so happy that we were having a spring baby. Cause we're like, thank goodness the weather will be nicer by the time she gets here. But we had a few times where the hospital would actually close like due to weather, which I've never heard of happening before. <laughs> but I had multiple appointments happen where we weren't the ones canceling. They would call us and be like, Hey, the hospital's closed. Like nobody except for emergency personnel are coming in. Don't come. Or like there was one day, it was on my birthday for our anatomy scan. It was negative 45 degrees and we were still driving. We blew out the temperature gauge in my husband's truck and had to get that replaced because the heat wouldn't work anymore. Oh my God. Like the thing you do for a baby, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's so true though. Like the stuff that we're willing to go through mentally, physically. Yes. All of the things for that little person. Mm Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things that like maybe surprised you about pregnancy? Um, you know, it felt like kind of how I would expect it to feel, I guess you don't know, like as a first time mom, what it's going to feel like. And also like so many little things were completely different than I thought, like actually being pregnant once I got the belly and just being like, oh, I didn't think like kicks would feel like that or like. I didn't recognize what hiccups were until (laughs) Titus was actually the one that was like, I think she's hiccuping like with the way it's rhythmic and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like little things and how it felt. And every pregnancy is so different too, like even with one person. So (laughs) we'll see if I have like similar experience next time. Um, But yeah, just like talking to some friends and everything who are pregnant along the same time, just in a totally different like space than I am. And I'm like, Oh, that didn't happen to me. Or I didn't have that side effect. And yeah, it's kind of crazy, but you're always tired. They're like, you get more energy back in second trimester. And I'm like, I don't know. I just always feel tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was the same. Yeah. (laughs) Tired and like crazy cravings. Really? I I didn't have crazy ones. Yeah. That's one that did not happen for me. What did you like? Um, I had a craving for like spicy food, like Mexican food or like hot Cheetos. I would eat those by the bag full. (laughs) Yeah, I had some, I I think there was only like one night that I was like, I need some Cheetos, but my baby (laughs) loves Starbucks, which I mean, Starbucks is fine. It's great. I'm not hating, but 
I'm not like a Starbucks everyday regular. And like all this kid wanted was Starbucks. Like didn't want other coffee, Starbucks latte. Yes, please. A croissant only from Starbucks. And I'm like, what? I don't even eat these. So That's yeah, so little things like that. It's it's so weird that your body does that. And you're like, where is this coming from? Like, I am not yeah. this person. And it's yeah. like, other little person that's not and it has gone away like I've had Starbucks since but I don't crave it nearly as intensely so Mm -hmm. yeah bizarre so crazy how all of that happens like during pregnancy it's so weird to feel those changes like going through your body like the whole time Mm -hmm. it's always changing Mm -hmm. so um you said you felt pretty good going into the labor and delivery kind of part of it did you like have a plan going into it did it go as planned like what was your experience there what were some things that maybe surprised you during that yeah I what did I say I had a birth plan quote unquote um but I did not I think I was just calling them like birth preferences like even when I gave the plan to my doctor and other health professionals and everything I'm like this is how I would prefer it to go but I've done enough research to know that it rarely goes according to plan and so I had like a few things where I was like I don't want this to happen but overall it was like as long as I'm healthy and baby's happy like or healthy happy too <laughs> Okay, happy. Uh, that's all that really matters. Like I preferred not to get a C-section, but if it came down to it, yeah, do a C-section. Like I wasn't going to be one of those people that was completely resistant to all of that. Um, so I definitely had my ideas of how I wanted it to go. It went, I went, I don't want to say nothing like that, but <laughs> kind of not exactly what we <laughs> expected. Um, so overall, nothing that I didn't want to happen happened, which was great because like, I didn't want, um, like a vacuum or something like that is just an example. I didn't want mm-hmm. a C-section, didn't have a C-section. And so none of those things happen in my personal story, but obviously if we would have needed it for a safety reason, we would have done it. Um, so we did have a scheduled induction since I was diabetic and because we were traveling so far. So luckily mm-hmm. I didn't have to play the game of I'm in labor. Do we drive three hours or do we go to the hospital here? That isn't like experienced with our pregnancy. So yeah. um, that all kind of panned out. Okay. Um, but my whole induction experience was just bizarre because they kept trying to induce me and nothing worked. <laughs> so really, um, what all did they use to try and induce you? So, um, I went in, we went in on Thursday afternoon, the induction was scheduled for Friday morning, but because I wasn't dilating yet, they wanted me there Thursday to give me cervical softening gel. So that's the first thing that they do to start Mm -hmm. dilation. Um, and like a full 12 hours later, there was absolutely no progress. And they were like, "Hmm, weird, but okay. Um, and so then they did Cytosec is the name of the drug, which is like a pill that they insert, Um, And it just dissolves really fast, I think, within like 15 minutes or something. And it lasts about three hours. Don't quote me on that. Um, Again, to help kind of speed up the process. I wasn't a super big fan of that drug, but I was like, fine, let's do one round to get it started because it it sounds like it's going to work. Nothing, like literally nothing. I was at a zero because they're like, oh, we could do the balloon or break your water or like these other methods of induction Mm -hmm. if you would dilate like a centimeter or two. And I was just at a zero, like completely closed. Um, And so they did start me on Pitocin, which was the main form of induction that they were planning on using. Um, So that drip, but they could only increase it so much. And 
have me on it for so long without it being a little unsafe, just because I mean, it's an IV fluid, you don't want to be on it for six days, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so contractions were pretty like strong and steady. I I've never gone into labor naturally, but from what I understand, like you're supposed to go to the hospital when it's like five minutes apart or something. And I was having them like a minute apart. So I'm like, this is like so much stronger than like what would happen naturally. (laughs) That was so bizarre to me. And I kind of had heard that and knew that, but I'm like, wow, this is intense. Um, but anyway, that still wasn't working. And we actually got to the point where my doctor was just very upfront with me. She's very blunt, which I loved about her in this circumstance. And she is kind of just like in 30 something years, I don't know how long she's been in OB, but she's like, I've never had this happen with a patient. And she's like, honestly, I think you should either choose a C-section today or go home and we'll try it again next week, but no guarantee it'll work. And I was like, (laughs) what? Because you go in thinking you're going to have a baby and that's Mm -hmm. scary enough in itself. And then they're like, oh, we might do this all to you again in a week. But then do you take a C-section if that's not really what you wanted? And there is such thing as vaginal birth after C-section, but do you like, I don't know, odds are not in your favor, I guess is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. And so like, do you make this decision that could impact the rest of your births? And it was just wild. So ultimately we decided we were going to go home and then my water magically broke. So we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't do anything. We're like, we don't know how long it'll be, but we have to have a baby at this point. Oh so my we stayed and eventually I, it was I had just a being difficult for you. <laughs> yes. Seriously. She's it like, was I'm going to come when I am ready. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, maybe she's not ready. We should probably just go home. And then she was like, oh, just kidding. I'm ready. But it was still, I mean, overall it was like 40 to 45 hours somewhere in there of like active labor and four hours of pushing. So that wasn't small either. Oh my gosh. Four hours of pushing. Yes. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) But you don't know any different, you know? And like overall, like I said, I'm still, I'm not personally upset about how my experience went because I felt like my wishes were always respected. Like I was always communicated with, asked questions, um, and just kind of told like in this instant, this is safer, however. Um, but yeah, I I felt good about it. It wasn't what I expected, but I was still like, I I don't feel upset. Like I talked to a lot of women who are genuinely upset about their labor experience. And I think that's so sad. So I tried to kind of monitor my expectations going in and then adjust to that because you never know. Yeah, it never goes, quote, unquote, to plan. <laughs> yes, yes. Ever. So um, did you have an epidural or did you go naturally? What was that like? I did. So I wanted to go naturally, but I also was very open. That was another thing to getting an epidural like I had in my plan. I'd like to try it, but as a first time mom, like you can talk to people, but you have no idea what it's like. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to find out for myself. I'd love to do it naturally, but if it doesn't happen, that's fine. Um, and so after my water had broken, things were just a lot more intense. And I decided pretty quickly that I wanted an epidural and that was (laughs) definitely the right decision but my epidural didn't work either. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So there was that. I mean, it like partially worked. It just didn't work as expected, I guess. Mm. Um, so it only numbed half of my body and the anesthesiologist was like, this is in there, right? Like, I really don't know. I haven't had this happen before again. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh goodness. Well, 
I'm not lying. Like half of my body is not doing well. <laughs> um, so they ended up giving me, I don't know what drug it is, but whatever they use for C-sections to numb you completely, mm -hmm. she would have to come in like every five hours or something. I honestly have no idea of time when I was in labor yeah, um, right. and like administer that to kind of help control it again. So no idea why, but that was my experience. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, I feel like that's a lot of women's experience actually is like, you know, the epidural is not working at all or only partially or whatever. Yeah, or way too much, honestly. Or way too much where you can't even feel any of what's happening so that you can help, you know, push mm -hmm. or anything like that either. So mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy how that all happens. My labor was like so quick. Really? Like, yeah, I I got to the hospital and I had a baby like 45 minutes later. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> yeah. first time too. Like that first it can happen, obviously, but that's yeah. pretty right. My, my mom, I, I called her when we were leaving our house and said, Hey, like we're headed to the hospital. This is happening. She couldn't even get to the hospital like before he was here. Oh <laughs> like, my goodness. It was so quick. And I almost couldn't get my epidural because I wanted one. I was gonna say was so quickly. Yeah. Wow. It, it never crazy. happens to plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no plan. So I, I truly feel like, yes, you should do your research. You should know what you prefer. Like ask the question, stand your ground. You are your own best advocate, but also like have some flexibility because I mean, these doctors can't control it either. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Was there anything during pregnancy or labor that surprised your husband? Cause I think that's the better question. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I really feel like Titus was, he was fairly prepared, I guess. Um, he said that he didn't want to like watch any videos or look at any pictures beforehand. So like, obviously we did the, the class at the hospital mm -hmm. where you like, you don't see graphic photos or anything like that's what he didn't want to see. It was like a baby actually coming out, but, um, he did like, he looked at diagrams and stuff, you know, so he had a general idea, but I know he said like when I was <laughs> pushing and everything, um, that like a small part of her head, he could finally see her head when she was crowning. And mm -hmm. he was like, I thought that that was her whole head. And then when she came out, I realized that that was just like the tiniest little part of it. And he's like, oh, this will be easy. Like, she's not that big. She's small. You got this. And he had no idea like how big an actual baby was, which our daughter was small. I mean, she was six pounds. So really not big still, but yeah, um, big. yeah, I thought that that was funny, but he did great. He handled it like a champ. So <laughs> no yeah, passing yeah. out in the labor yes. unit. But I mean, he too, he's like, I have seen what you have gone through like so much respect. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. We were, we were talking just before we hopped on that, uh, this topic kind of came up because my partner and I were talking about it and I have my son and he doesn't have any kids and like he was just asking questions that I'm like you know this seems call it common knowledge but probably for men a it's not common knowledge and then also he is from another country where it's like not typical for men to know that much about women's bodies oh, or okay anything about the birth process so he yeah. was in completely blind but we were just talking about like 
how labor actually works and like how the muscles contract to push them down and like he was Mm -hmm. like does it feel like cramping and I was like I mean kind of but it's like very intense and like you know yeah and he was like how do you know when you're like actually in labor and he was like you know like your your water breaks right and I was like well my water never broke actually yeah most but I think it's like 70% of people either have it broken or it doesn't break like that doesn't happen a lot yeah mine never broke like I was fully in labor by the time I went but I was like sitting around my house like do I go? Do I not? Cause like my water hasn't broke and nobody told me that sometimes it doesn't. So I was just sitting around waiting and yeah, it's not like the break movies. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the movies where all of a sudden there's this huge gush and all of a sudden you're having a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. All of the like misconceptions like that we have, but especially men have, I think. Yes. I remember, I mean, even just during the pushing phase, which obviously mine took a little longer, but I knew it wasn't going to be like a movie. (laughs) I get that. But I also like, you've seen so many times that like, right when she's like, I just can't do this anymore. It's the next push that the baby comes out. We were like 20 minutes in and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So it is exhausting right from the start. Yeah. Well, in the way that you push, like my -hmm. nurse had to like teach me how to push correctly because I didn't know how to. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy, all of it. So um, once you had your daughter, what was like the experience like after that? (laughs) One of the other things we were talking about is that you have to actually give birth twice to your child and then to your placenta which my partner had no idea about either (laughs) yes I personally didn't really notice having my placenta that much um I know some people do and maybe that had to do with the epidural maybe it was just because like my daughter was on me and that's all that I was focused on Mm -hmm. um so I didn't notice that so much but yes you do that's like a real thing and it can still be crampy and I mean even how they like massage you to try to make like stimulate your uterus shrinking again and just make sure that all the pieces of everything are out like that's terrible that's almost as bad as the labor itself so um those I wanted to punch my nurse who was doing the massages on my abdomen (laughs) and they have to do it like regularly afterwards and you're just like no I'm good thanks Um, but she was placed on me right away. We honestly, with the hospital we had, it was so wonderful. We had like four hours of uninterrupted skin to skin. So like, they didn't even take her to weigh her. Like we were telling our family that she was here and everything. And they're like, how big is she? And we're like, we don't know. No idea. Like, they're like, this happened like three hours ago. What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no idea. I still have her. Like they haven't taken her. Um, so that was absolutely fantastic. Cause anything that they needed to do to her, they just did while she was on me. Um, but yeah, just the whole, it starts immediately after that. And I guess I should have known that because obviously you don't want them to like take your baby, especially if nothing's wrong. But I was also kind of like, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Like, can I take a nap? And then we start this whole parenting thing. Mm-hmm. The answer is no, you just never get a nap. <laughs> you just become a parent. So, and I mean, the nurses and doctors, everyone was super helpful as far as like 
this is what you do. But overall, it was still less information than what I probably would have expected because mm -hmm. it's just like, it really is like, here's your baby, feed her. I'll be in to check on you hourly because we have to check on you. But even then, it's like, how are you doing? Good. Okay. Bye. Like, Yeah. Let me push on your abdomen a few times and call it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, it looks like she's being fed. Perfect. And you're like, am I doing this right? Like changing diapers and everything. You get into it really fast. You do. But yeah, it's kind of terrifying at first. Really? Well, and I agree. Uh, I didn't really notice mine either. I think it's like the rush of like emotion and chemical yeah. everything of like having that baby all of a sudden on you like nothing else really matters in that moment you know other than mm -hmm. this tiny little thing definitely so and um I do appreciate that you brought up them pushing on your abdomen because that's one of the things that they don't tell you about and it's absolutely terrible it hurts it hurts so, so bad. bad and you know it's like good for you I guess but it doesn't feel good it does not no it does not at all um this is probably TMI so if you don't want to answer this you don't have to but um poops after just going through in general labor, I yours and the baby's first yeah. after oh my gosh both yes. of them are terrible yes <laughs> Yes. It's terrifying. I mean, I think they made me, I think they gave me three hours to pee like on my own. And then they were like, we'll catheterize you if you can't. And I like physically couldn't. Cause I had been on IVs for like oh, yeah, I'm sure. two and a half days to that point. Like I was so swollen, um, just from that, that was probably like my worst side effect, honestly. And mm -hmm. I couldn't, and like, it didn't feel good to have a catheter up there once you don't have an epidural. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of brutal, but yeah, all of it afterwards, like some friends had told me and everything, they're like pack a laxative. It's mm -hmm. still, it's rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy and painful. And then the baby's like first poop is like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's like black tar. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, do I expect this all the time? Like as a first time parent, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It's so crazy. So crazy. Yeah. It's a whole thing, but I mean, it is so much fun when you get them here. And then you said that you were breastfeeding, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. What has that been like for you? Cause I feel like that's another thing that they don't really give you much information on. They just hand you a baby and say, here, feed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I know there are classes you can take. We didn't, we just did the labor and delivery class and not the breastfeeding class. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back, I would probably take that one, but I do have friends that have taken it and still like, we're kind of in the same boat as me with breastfeeding. So I don't know. Like, I think it just is hard because like everything else, pregnancy and baby wise, everyone is different and you're going to have a different experience. So there is no one size fits all in this conversation that we're having. Um, but like overall it's gone well, I guess since I had an induction, it took probably three days, three or four days for my milk to like fully come in. Um, and so the biggest thing that I didn't know was just about regulating milk supply. I feel like I, went into it being like, oh yeah, I want to breastfeed and your body produces exactly what you need and everything. 
which is true, but also it can underproduce, it can overproduce, and there's issues with both of them. So many people are like, oh, you have an oversupply, you're so lucky. And I'm like, yes, but also it causes major issues. <laughs> so it's kind of just as much of a problem and there's not much conversation surrounding that. Um, so since my milk hadn't come in, they had me pumping at the hospital every time I would feed her. And so they started us out doing something called triple feeding, which is where you breastfeed and then you'd supplement like with formula or something so that she's getting a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you pump after that. So triple feeding and we were in the hospital for two days, like a whole nother day after she was born. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I assumed that when we went home, like I even talked to a lactation consultant and everything and she was great, but I assumed I would just keep doing what I was doing when we got home and my milk didn't come in until after we had gotten home. So every time I would feed her, I would pump thinking that this is what you're supposed to do. And that created just a huge, huge oversupply issue for me where, mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably normal to get anywhere from an ounce to four ounces or something when you're pumping per yeah. side. And I would get 12 to 14, like just freezer full after a week. Like what is going on? Because oh I just thought that I constantly had to do that. And that is great that we have milk in the freezer now, but then cutting it back without completely cutting off supply. Cause of course they can give you things to help cut supply, or you can try to do some things, but, um, even talking to lactation consultants, they're kind of like, eh, this is a sticky situation. Cause you're at really high risk of getting an infection and getting mastitis or something, mm -hmm. um, which I haven't had thankfully. So I can't speak on that from experience. I don't know if you've had it. <laughs> I did. And it was oh. terrible. Like, yeah, I've heard know, bad things. It's just crazy painful. And then of course they're like, well, you just have to like keep feeding your baby, like from yeah. that screen, like pull it through. Ugh. And it's so painful. And you're like, this can't be good for the baby either. Like there's literally an infection. Like, in yes. There. <laughs> yeah. I've oh, had a few God. clogged ducts where I'm like, even just with the clog, like this is more painful than <laughs> like, I remember labor. I'm sure it's not, <laughs> but I'm like trying to compare it to the next yeah. most painful thing. Cause like, depending on where it is, like, I wouldn't be able to lift my arm. Like there was one morning mm -hmm. when I couldn't hold her. I was like, you have to go get her and change her and bring her to me because I can't carry her right now. And my husband's like leaving for work. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to hold this baby all day if this doesn't unclog, but yeah, yeah, it's just, how to regulate that some education around that I think would be so helpful. Cause I mean, we talked to a lactation consultant about latching and everything and super helpful, but nobody ever told me how to regulate my supply and figure out what would be right for me and my baby. And now it's been a month and we're just now starting to like taper that down in a way that's hopefully safe so that I don't get an infection. And it's still just, I mean, at first I couldn't leave my house without bringing a pump if it was going to be two hours or something. And I, I was like, wow, this is taking so much feel time. Like you would explode. Yeah. Yeah. Like we went back to South Dakota for my two week postpartum appointment. I had to bring two breast pumps with me and a hand pump. Cause I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do all day. Like I need these pumps, like stopping at gas stations to rinse them and everything. Like I need to pump cause it's going to be seven hours. And people were like, yeah, that's, that's not normal. And it, that's when I started realizing. So yeah. yeah, just things I misunderstood. 
Yeah. Well, and they don't really give you that much direction. They just tell you to pump and you're like, okay, I'm going to pump. And then it's like, and now what? And for Mm -hmm. those of us who like didn't have a huge supply, it's like, okay, I'm pumping, but like nothing's happening. So what else am I supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had to do like, you know, flaxseed shakes and stuff to try and get my supply up. But Mm -hmm. the sensation of when your milk comes in is crazy. It is. It feels like it's like flooding down into you and you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so bizarre. Even like I have the stay dry, like nursing pads that you can just put Mm -hmm. in your bra. I had no idea how much I would use those or like that you should be changing them all the time. I was like, oh, I'll just put this in if I'm like having a milky day or something. I don't know. This is what I thought when I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And instead I'm like, oh, we have to change this. Like it's been an hour. (laughs) It's so like I'm gonna start leaking and dripping all over if I do not yes take. yes <laughs> yeah that's so funny well now that you have had her for a month what are the some of the best parts about being a new mom what are some of the hardest parts about being a new mom anything that's like really surprised you anything like that Yeah. I mean, the sleep deprivation is definitely the hardest part for us, honestly. And it comes no matter what, like if you have a super supportive partner or not, I can't imagine being a single mom and going through this like major, major props to single moms, because I, I just don't even know how, like they're even more superheroes. Um, but like Titus will do a feed and stuff through the night to try to help me get some extra sleep. And then I'll do the other one. And honestly, I think our daughter is a pretty easy baby. So I do think we're lucky, but that doesn't subtract the amount of time that you still have to put in. Like they need to eat every three hours. I knew babies needed to eat a lot when I was pregnant, but I don't think I truly knew every three hours, your life is like going to start over. It's like a time warp, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) feed the baby, change the baby. (laughs) So, um, there's that. Um, but the best parts, like in many ways, it is so much harder than what I thought it would be, but it's also so much better. Like when you actually get to meet this little human that, it's just like everything to you. I don't think for me being a first time mom anyway, that it's really hit me that I am someone's mother. I always <laughs> say like when we go to the doctor or something, when I bring her for appointments, they like ask her birthday and I'll like give them mine. Cause that's what I'm used to doing. <laughs> they're like, no, your daughter's birthday. Or like, I'll give them my name or something, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm not used to being the mom, but I can look at her and it truly feels like she's an extension of me. That's just like separate and external, which is the wildest thing. And probably the best thing too. Like it's a bond, like they say, like nobody else can describe. You just don't know it till you're in it. So it really is worth it. But I mean, even through the middle of the night, like you just know she's upset and I can't be upset at her for being upset. It's frustrating that I'm awake all night, you know, but it's just like, you're just a little human going through things, like trying to learn things that you don't know and you can't feel. And so just trying to like figure things out, but it's amazing how fast it goes. I mean, the first week we were like, oh my goodness, we're a weekend, like make this slow down. I mean, make it speed up because I want to sleep again, but make it slow down (laughs) in every other way. And now we're a month in and I'm like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how fast it goes. So I know I'm going to blink and she'll be in junior high. And yeah, I just, I don't even, I'm like, stop the clock, stop the clock. She cannot grow. And she's small. She's still small than some babies are born, but I'm like, no, stop. Don't grow. (laughs) 
that's how I feel. Mine is now five and I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, when did that even happen? Like, it seems like yesterday that I was pregnant with you. Like it Mm -hmm. happens so quickly. Mm -hmm. What is some of the best advice you've received as a new mom? What is some of the worst advice you've received as a new mom? Yeah, I'll kind of put them hand in hand. So obviously I think different things work for different people. Um, but quite a few people have told us like, oh, just go with it. Like feed the baby when it's hungry and put it to sleep when it's falling asleep. In my opinion, that's terrible. (laughs) Like I am such a scheduled person myself and babies aren't going to operate like on a time clock. It's not going to be perfect and you have to be flexible, but we have found that having some sort of a schedule and a rhythm helps so much, not only us, but baby girl too. So she knows what, what to expect. They are really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, yes, you need to follow their cues, but you also can learn their cues so much better by kind of having a schedule, like looking at the clock, I can be like, oh, this is probably a hunger cry because it's time for her to eat again, based on what the schedule is, instead of like having to go through this whole like mental checklist of, is she cold? Is she wet? Is she all of this? Mm -hmm. And just trying to balance all of that. So um, that's probably the, the worst advice we received. And then we actually like learned that first day that we came home that we were going to need some sort of schedule to help her (laughs) sleep through the night and everything. Um, And so I don't know if it's advice or not, but we did like a, an online course called taking care of babies. Um, And so that helped us a lot as formerly not baby people who didn't really know a lot. Um, And just like, it's not sleep training, obviously, because she's a newborn, but kind of like learning how to regulate her and get her on that schedule and help her sleep and even put herself to sleep, honestly. Um, So some of those things were like very crucial into being successful this last month and feeling like a person when you have those, those windows of time, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I feel like are like, Oh, you're, you're never going to have your life together again. Cause everything's like so stressful. And it is, it does feel different for sure. I can't get near as much done, but I also have these pockets of time where I'm like, I know she's going to sleep for probably 90 minutes. Now I can do this for myself. And so that helps me feel so much better postpartum too. still having those elements in my regular life. Yes. I love that. I think that's super important. I hate the advice sleep when baby sleeps because oh, yes. a, that never happens. Yeah. Um, and B like, it's nice to be able to have some time that you can take for yourself to mm-hmm. relax and unwind and find mm-hmm. those parts of you that kind of sometimes get lost in motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much time to get things done. And even if you are hopefully relaxing, like I've taken two naps now in the last month and <laughs> I wish it was more, but I'm like, no, I, I can't sleep when she sleeps. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I am so excited for you guys and your family and your little girl is beautiful. And I think this is going to be so helpful for other people who, you know, might be thinking about having kids or pregnant and don't know what to expect, all of that stuff. So I do think this is going to be helpful. So thanks so much for hopping on and having this discussion with us. Good. Well, thank you for inviting me. I was so excited to do it and everything once you said it. And it's great to catch up with you again. So like you said, I can't believe it's been three years. I mean, time is flying by since college, but um, 
yeah, it's only getting better from here. So I hope it is helpful for everyone. And yeah, it's just fun to stay up to date with you. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell us where we can find you and keep up with you? Sure. Um, probably the best place is Instagram. So my Instagram name is Cheyenne.noel. Um, Noel spelled N-O-E-L-L-E. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for being here. Sweet. Thank you. If you love this episode, please let us know by submitting a review or sharing with the women in your life. We'll see you next time.